True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And we are so happy that you joined us today. We have a very special guest joining us about a case that we have not covered yet. It is an unsolved case out of Georgia. And Renee, would you like to introduce our guest? Absolutely. Um, we have Hope Harmon with us, uh, the sister of Cassara Brown uh, that was murdered out of Georgia. Tell us about your sister. Um, my sister, Cassara, she was 24 years old, eight and a half months pregnant. Um, actually had been having Braxton Hicks that week. Um, so she was she was pretty much due any any day. Um, and she was murdered in Ben Hill County, Georgia. She she was at her home. We there are so many like questions that we have that we just don't know anything um really about what happened. All we know is that she was home, she was laying on the couch talking to my mom. And um, by the time my brother got to her, she, someone had killed her. That's horrible. Um, horrible. She looked, she looked absolutely beautiful in the pictures we saw of her uh, visibly pregnant. Um, we will put a picture up on our social media so that everyone knows who we're talking about. Um, absolutely gorgeous young girl. Was she 23 at the time? She's 24. 24. Okay. Um, so what was the manner of death if it's not too upsetting to discuss that was was she shot yes gunshot wound okay um, she okay. was in um she was intentionally killed it, it's no oh i made a mistake oh i you know any mm -hmm. of those things she was intentionally killed and the baby was intentionally killed as well so someone um, so someone broke in was there any signs of a break-in there's no signs of forcible entry into the home um, no, no, my mom, her and my mom were having a casual conversation on the phone because actually it was my niece's birthday. My sister's daughter, it's her birthday. So earlier that day, my mom and my twins and several other people had went to like a, a fun station, a fun place to celebrate my niece's birthday. So, um, my niece just so happened to really, really want to stay with my mom. Um, for whatever reason, she just really wanted to stay with my mom. Oh, and um, she would not let my mom leave her, you know, she would not leave my mom's house. She just kept on begging my mom to let her stay. And so my mom finally said, okay, so I, you, you know, you can stay with me tonight, no problem. And so my mom said, um, her and my sister were on the phone from what she knows, my sister was just laying on the couch and they were just talking about their day, talking about a few other things. Because like I said, my sister had been having pain all week Braxton Hicks right and so when the phone call dropped my mom just thought you know she my sister said mama mama and the phone dropped so in my mom's mind my mom is thinking oh my god you know she may be in labor or, right you know what has happened what's going on because my my sister never said anyone's name she never did any of those things and so my mom immediately kind of hung up the phone and started calling her back and that's when she realized no something has to be terribly wrong here 
Um, and so she started calling my brother, who my brother, um, he went out to my sister's home. And by the time he got there, the police were already there. Um, wow. And he's actually doing it. I did her body. That's horrible. That's horrible. They killed her in her front, in her front yard. And that was, desolate. and that your niece is Casera's a child who's mm-hmm. was very small at that time. Um, this that was, was just, birthday. oh gosh. So, um, how is everyone doing? I know that's kind of a dumb question. Obviously, your family is distraught, but it is. Do people have hope that this will get solved soon, or how is your family doing right now? We do have hope that it'll be solved. It's just frustrating. It's just frustrating to know that we live in a world where someone can murder an innocent woman who is visibly pregnant and intentionally kill an unborn child. And no one says anything. No one knows anything. No one saw anything. You know, it's just very, all of this is very strange to us. And so, you know, I I have an advocacy group on Facebook, so I still share a lot of things in there. I'm always trying to talk to the media about Sarah and just really trying to keep the case alive because, I mean, you feel like you're almost fighting. uh, I mean, it's like an uphill battle that you're fighting because in the state of Georgia, while we do have GBI, they covered, you can have, your agents are covering several counties with several other murder cases at the same time. So you don't have people that are dedicated just to this one case and that's their only job is to figure this out. Right. And so it's just, it's just quite frustrating and they can be pulled at any moment if there's a bigger case going on. And I, you know, we feel like this is the biggest case to us. You know, it's just really frustrating. It's a frustrating situation. Yeah, I can imagine. That certainly um, is. Have police revealed to you or, or any of your family members um, the type of gun she was shot with? What information do you know about that? Anything in particular? No, we know where she was shot. Um, because I mean, those are visible things. Um, so we know we know where she was shot. We don't know the kind of gun they can see we continue to be told because like i said in the state of georgia once the local sheriff or the local police force called the gbi they take complete control over the case which the gbi is the georgia bureau of investigation so they take over at that point and the local authorities are just kind of like supplemental if they need help so they haven't told us like information like what kind of gun was used and things like that and a lot and some of the things they tell us you know we can't tell you because they don't want us leaking information to the public but while I understand that in one sense in another sense I'm like you know tell me something I need something to go on here and um, it's just it's just it's just frustrating Man, that's got to be hard. And it, it's hard because you, you know, you want to know as much as you can, but they want to, you know, preserve the case and, you know, keep it close to their vest. So it's hard for, I mean, you know, they don't want to reveal too much. So I know that's a really hard situation to be in. Yes, and definitely. I, I noticed, Hope, that the FBI doubled the reward money from 5000 to 10000 earlier this year. Have you heard any input on whether 
that has brought in more tips and more leads? No, I haven't heard. Um, I, I haven't, they haven't said really much of anything. I haven't talked to our agent since early July okay. at this point. Um, and so, and that was like right when they doubled it. And so I haven't had much communicate, well, not any really communication with her since that time. So mm-hmm. I, I really, I just don't know. Right. Hopefully that'll help. I hope so. Hopefully $10,000. Yeah. Someone, hopefully someone will come forward that knows what happened. Um, You know, Renee, you had seen something today. I'll let you tell it about some of the theories. Yeah. I was uh, reading where investigators had uh, suspected that her death was gang related and it it may have been some type of mistake, you know, being mistakenly killed or they were trying to send a message. Can you tell us about that? We don't, we personally don't believe that. We we okay. understand where the GBI is coming from. And all of that is coming from the b- boyfriend's affiliation, gang affiliation is what they're trying to tie it to. But That's my continued mean. question is, if, if they were targeting him in any way, why, for the, the way they shot her, was just so personal. It was almost like it was a crime of passion in some ways. The mm. way they shot her. Some of the gunshot wounds aren't things. If you were just gonna, if it was just a hit, you would have shot her in the head and left. That's not what they did. <laughs> so wow. there was more, there's so much of there's more things to it, you know, that they don't want us to really talk about, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't that. And so that's my confusion. If they wanted just to kill her, they would not have intentionally tried to kill the baby as well. Oh, and I yeah. do not believe. Um, and then other things, you know, like the fact that her boyfriend continued to stay in the same house. If it was game related, why didn't they come back and go back to that house? Oh, and do yeah. whatever to him? Because he That's continued to stay there wow. <laughs> for a while, actually. That's crazy. And you know, I had read where your sister was about to be married. Is that true? Can you tell us about that? No, um, she was not um, about to get married. That's why <laughs> we asked, because you never know what's, what you read, yeah. if it's true or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, no. Okay, that, that, that makes more sense now. Do you know if there are any other persons of interest? Any, you know, are they looking at anybody right now? Have they had anybody uh, that they've been investigating? Did any search warrants on? I know they said they've questioned a lot of people. They said they've questioned a lot of people. And, um, you know, they really can't give us any information on whether someone's a suspect or not. But I know they've questioned a lot of people. And then they continue to question a lot of, you know, a few people as well and I don't believe in my heart of hearts anybody they push and they ruled out as a suspect um because and you know I, I just don't believe it I believe that if you go back and question people more than one time it's probably something there right is it true that Casera's boyfriend is in jail for battering her right now Yes, he is in um he's in jail for assault. He um had um it had 
I'm trying to think when did that happen? Maybe 2018 ish. He broke her jaw. Um, oh he broke her. Sarah was 110 pounds soaking wet. Um, he broke her jaw. Sarah was in a terribly abusive relationship. Um, oh. we we knew about her being assaulted. Um, and we knew about him breaking her jaw. We didn't have any choice but to know about that because she had to go to the hospital. She had to have her mouth wired. So those are things that you have to, somebody has to know about. And unfortunately my mom was present when that happened as well. So my mom was there. My mom saw it um, with her own. I saw the whole incident take place, but I personally didn't learn about the level of abuse that she was experiencing until we were in court and the DA read her diary entries and the sheer level of abuse that she was going through and to not know that I just knew she looked tired a lot and I knew she looked sad a lot but I just didn't know how abusive he was to her how manipulative Mm -hmm. he was Mm -hmm. and so he did receive 21 years um for aggravated assault and also cruelty to children because my niece was present to this day even though my sister, even though my niece was four years old when my sister was murdered, my niece will be six um, in the next few weeks. She still remembers having to hide because her daddy would be hitting her mom. Ooh, having to run so because her dad was hitting her mom. So those are the types of things that, you know, and even him, you know, being in court and openly saying in a courtroom, was she dead? So the, the charges ought to be dead. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I'm just, that's the level of just abuse and manipulation and just sheer disregard. He said that? For, yes, he, yeah, he, 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 I was, I was not present because if I probably, probably would not have been allowed ever back in a courtroom had I been present when he said right. that. Right. Me or any of my brothers, probably. But um, I was in prison when he said that. But from my understanding, from a, someone that was in court when he said it, he said it just as openly and as just as loud to his attorney that um, you know, she was dead, so the um charges ought to be dead, and that's his con- that is his continued belief is that no. she's dead, so he shouldn't no, be. In that was the case. If that was the case we wouldn't have a lot of people in prison right now I mean, with that logic that just shows you the kind of person he is that's mm. horrible that is horrible yeah. it was just terrible knowing that she was going through something like that and it's just not just not knowing it just shows how much you know she loved him and unfortunately he did not love her because nobody that loves you could ever do that to you Right. And, and you know, like a lot of battered women, she probably just kept hoping he would change and she was ashamed. And you don't want to tell your family and friends about that stuff because it's humiliating. So God bless her. I hate that she went through all this. Um, so hopefully there will be justice for Cassara and her daughter and all of you. Um, so where do they update you? I know you said it's been since early July that you talked to the investigator um, with GBI. Um, what about the FBI? They were the ones that doubled the reward. Have you had any interaction with the FBI or just? No, no unfortunately, I haven't had any direct um, 
contact with the FBI, they tell me, and I don't know how true this is, I haven't done all my research yet, that you can't, we as a family can't request the FBI come in, that the GBI themselves have to request for the FBI to step in. And so we haven't been able to, you know, um, have any communication with them, but our GBI agent is the one that requested the reward from the FBI and we were oh, thankful okay. that they they did do the 10,000 because I think they typically do around five mm-hmm. so we were thankful that they um they did do the 10,000 okay that's good so I mean is it safe to assume and if this isn't supposed to be public information that's fine just shut me down but is it safe to assume that that law enforcement is looking at the boyfriend for this crime for the murder if that can't Um, be said publicly we understand we'll just we'll just let that go um in the words of the da um the da pretty much has consistently said that um nobody has been ruled out as a suspect okay so that's just not you know everybody Mm -hmm. anybody they ever questioned right gonna question them again and still go back to those same people so you know we can't flat out say that he's the only one and I can't say that you know yes or no to it but I can say that they are if they question them once they're still looking at them okay did you say earlier that there was forced entry or there or there was not did there was no forced entry Okay, so it had to be somebody that she knew because she was there by herself, correct? She was there by herself. It had to be someone that not only she knew, the dogs knew as well because the dogs, my mama said, that's one thing she remembers, the dogs weren't barking. Oh, that's an excellent point. Wow. Because we believe whoever it was came in the back door because she lived like we I mean our county has like 16,000 people so we're small right so she lived like in the country and there's no lighting out there hardly I mean not none at all really and um so we believe they we really believe they came in maybe the back door and surprised her because I think if she saw or heard anyone coming in that door she probably would have got up and ran before then but it, it, it almost seems like maybe they came in the back door it started as she st- she ran out the front door and was able to get into the truck a truck that was sitting outside um because her boyfriend had taken her car earlier that night and he had left his truck there so she ran into outside and I think she was trying to just think probably in a panic you eight and a half months pregnant how you know, and so I, they think if she got in the truck, maybe, I don't know, as I don't know why, and um, that's what they killed her was outside. That's horrible. Yeah. Where is, um, I read it with, that she lived in Fitzgerald, Georgia. Where is that close to? So our listeners will kind of know where this happened at. Um, Fitzgerald is, we are, we are two and a half hours south of Atlanta so we're in south south Georgia okay (laughs) Um, a lot of people may know like closer on to Tifton or Valdosta because those two places are off of 75 which is the main interstate in Georgia but um yeah we're really really small south Georgia 
I've never heard of that city, but I do have family that lives in Atlanta and then some other areas down towards Columbus. So I'm, I've kind of wanted to figure out exactly where it was so our listeners would know, because we have people that listen, you know, all over the U.S., but I'm sure we have quite a few people that live and listen from Georgia, so. Um, we're like two hours from Columbus as well, like, so we're kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hope, um, are you familiar with um, a lady, she's on Nancy Grace a lot. Her name is Cheryl McCollum. No. Okay. She is um, part of the, she works as an investigator in Atlanta and she also runs the cold case investigative research Institute there in Atlanta. I was just curious if you had connected with her yet. Well, um, we're going to tell her about your case, if that's okay. And yes. see if she's heard of it. And she's a fantastic investigator and she's right there in Georgia. Maybe she can um, shed some light on this. She's been doing police work for many years she actually she actually worked with nancy grace back when nancy was uh, the da and in that area so they've known each other for decades and now cheryl is just a guest on nancy grace sometimes because they've known each other so long and worked together so we'll definitely talk to cheryl mccollum about your case and okay um, you will love her she is she's, she's wonderful yeah, yeah maybe, she really maybe, maybe we can all get together and do another episode with cheryl on it um or we'll get you connected with her somehow um okay but um yeah this well, is just a horrible that. case this poor young lady who was pregnant um gunned down at her own home it was just out outrageous and unbelievable. it really is it's so sad i just don't understand no it's been i'm it's just it's hard is an understatement right i'm you know i'm gonna let i'm a i'm an actual county commissioner here i'm elected oh. and so many times i've thought about you know i do a lot of different community work i do a lot of different fundraising and do a lot of giveaways we do a lot of different stuff and so it, it's it's so hard sometimes because i always think about sometimes am i helping someone that can know who killed my sister and not say anything right, right. you know and i think that's the hardest part because we we've lived here my i've lived here we've lived here my whole life mm-hmm. this is where my mom grew up my dad grew up you know our whole all of our families and we don't we are just we know everybody pretty much right. and so for something like this to happen and it be going on two years and nobody says anything nobody knows anything Mm. it's just been it's heartbreaking just to think about and because she did not Sarah was one of those people that when her smile would light up the whole room and she didn't she just was the sweetest person and you just think why you know and I think that's that's one of the things I just really want to see in the court and be able to ask why Right. You know, why did you, why her of all people? Right. And and what, what were you trying to accomplish? I mean, right. What was the, what was the goal here? Because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Someone who doesn't bother anyone, someone who all she did was work and take care of her children. She wanted to go. She would talk to my mom all the time because her plan was after she um had Aviana that she was going to go back to school. She wanted to go back to school for nursing. So my mom was going my mom had decided she was going to stay home so she could keep the girls for her so she could go back to school. Wow. Uh, cuz she wanted to be a nurse. 
Oh, and so we kind of my mama had kind of worked it out how they were gonna make this thing work for a year and a half while she you know went back to school and she just had all these plans and all these hopes and dreams and someone just came in and snatched it from her exactly yep you know I know you mentioned that you you wanted to you know you were hoping that somebody would come forward and you know give information that they know and you know with us researching different cases and in you know, doing the things that we've done, we, we hear this story a lot that either number one, people are afraid to come forward. So you need to consistently, and this is just my opinion, consistently let people know that they can, um, you know, tell what they know anonymously, you know, just constantly say that because people don't always know that that's a possibility. And number two, um, and I, I think, Crystal, you're good at remembering this. I think it was um, Christina Menina, Christine Menina that said this, um, that people would come forward with information and they would say, you were talked to by the police at one point. Why did you not tell them this? And they said they never asked. So right, right. people don't ever get asked the question or they're never talked to. They just people think oh well that couldn't have been them or they didn't have anything to do with it but they never really were talked to that's right we did an episode with christine menina she's a top investigator from indianapolis pd and she said she would be interviewing somebody and they would be in a three-hour conversation and all of a sudden they would give her the information that she was looking for and yep. she would and she said to them hey why didn't you tell me that three hours ago and the guy said you never asked so I think, you know, sometimes like Renee was saying, it's, you know, hopefully people are asking the right questions and it's just, it's just kind of interesting how people also won't come forward. You know, if there's a single mom at home with four kids, she may not have the bandwidth to be able to drive up to the police station, but if you knock on her door, she might tell you something, you know, and exactly. there's just so many people out there that might be hesitant to come forward because they're afraid they might, they might get in trouble. Do you think, Hope, that there's any real, do you think it's actually anything to do with a gang? Or do you think that that's just a, a theory? Do you really think that could be possible? No, I think it's a theory. Okay. I think it's a theory um, myself because I, it's just too random. Yeah. It's too random. And I think, once again, if they were trying to send some sort of message I don't think I would stay in that house again. Right. Yeah. I don't think I would ever drive my truck exactly. again that she right. was killed in. I don't think right. I would do any of those things, you know? Right. But like as I said, he, her boyfriend continued to stay in the house. Mm -hmm. He continued to drive the truck. He continued to do anything he wanted to do, make videos, being in clubs, travel, do everything he wanted to do. So if there was a real gang fear there, I would think he would be the one fearful for his life. Right. But yeah. In my opinion, I was trying to think that maybe if a gang was involved, maybe that was why people feared coming forward to because they feared retaliation. But I agree with you. That's just uh it probably is just a theory, maybe, you know, and sometimes, you know, police law enforcement will do that, you know, they don't want something public. They'll just kind of talk about all kinds of different theories. So you know something else um we we hear this a lot too that a lot of uh, cases are solved by somebody talking in prison and in jails um the fa mere fact that he is in jail man that's huge 
Y'all need right. to see if you can get with Crime Stoppers because we, as you probably know, we cover uh, the Missy Beavers case and have since we started our podcast. Uh, there hasn't been a lot going on with it. So we've kind of um, started covering some other cases until, you know, things start happening. But we were able to get a billboard up with the help of Crime Stoppers um, and then, of course, do some uh, of these cards or playing cards. And what they do is they put the case on the back of the cards and then they put the reward money on there. And then they distribute it in the jails so that maybe this person is in jail and he's trying to get something off his chest or he kind of just throws out a little comment, you know, yeah, you know, I did blah, blah, blah. And people hear it and then they see these cards and they're like, I can, you know, anonymously uh, turn in this tip and get the reward money. And this happens. So you might want to see if you can't get with Crime Stoppers in your area and see if you can't get this done because, you know, they, they want to help solve these crimes. Of course, that's what they do. And then they may be able to uh, get these cards approved and get them distributed. And maybe somebody there has a tip that can get called in because of those. Yeah, because when the, when the prisoners are playing poker or whatever they play, they're seeing the case information on the other side of the cards. It's been really helpful in some jurisdictions and we're hoping it'll be helpful in Missy's case. But that would that's a really good idea, Renee. That would be perfect for for Casera's case. Yeah, I'm that's, that's... writing all this stuff down. Like <laughs> uh, I can make sure I like get on top of this first thing tomorrow. Yeah, probably tonight. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> see, find out who the Crime Stoppers person is that runs Crime Stoppers in your area, and they they funded this. They paid for the playing cards and had them printed. We have pictures of them on our Instagram. Hope and we'll send you a picture of them so you don't have to go. Yeah. Do it um okay. it, it's just been really really a cool thing that i would have never thought of just really neat yeah, it, it's been very benef beneficial in uh years past with uh law enforcement using these cards to get cases solved because they said so often that's where the tips come from is the jail because i guess the guys are women whatever are in jail and and they're talking and you know sharing stuff and then somebody overhears it and if they know they can anonymously turn it in and get that money, I mean, heck yeah, they're going to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, and like Renee said, that's the key is especially people in jail or people that are maybe breaking the law themselves at the time. It is so important to get the message across to them that they can be 100% anonymous. Nobody will ever know where that tip came from. And that's just so important um, when people are fearful, you know? But they are, there might be somebody out there right now that has the information to solve Casera's case, but they're too scared to come forward. And, um, have you found that the billboards have been, because that's one of the things we've been thinking about is a billboard. And I've been thinking a lot about doing like, you know how people do like the yard signs for campaigns. Yes. I've been thinking about doing some with like Sarah's picture on them and saying like ten thousand dollar reward and yes. just as fucking Sarah and maybe putting an anonymous line number on those two and just trying to get them out like across the state, really. You definitely work with crime stoppers on both of those things because they can, I mean, I don't know how much money they have to work with, but in our uh, county, they were able to contribute to both the billboard and the uh, playing cards. And um, so that was super helpful um, in us because we had to do, you know, could okay, go fund me and our listeners were so awesome and contributed uh, the money that we needed, you know, minus what Crime Stoppers did to help in those things. And we still have the billboard. We've had it for what, a little over a year now. Yes. And then um, I think it'll be a year in October. And then 
the cards were just distributed not long ago, but they paid for those. So you might, like I said, we, we've already said this, but just be sure and get with them because they will have, um, you know, some sort of money set aside for different things in, their, in, in your county to contribute in some way. And not only that, but they can put their, like in Ellis County, they have a, I think it's called P3 app. And um, th there's an app that you can actually go to and uh, still anonymously send in a tip and it gives you like a code. And I, I don't know exactly how it works. Obviously I haven't ever done it, but uh, there's a way that they can do it through an app as well. And they can actually put the app on the billboard or on the cards. And that gives the person, you know, the ability to be able to do those things still anonymously in a different way or fashion, whatever, something easier, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking since our Ellis County um, Crime Stoppers has that app, I bet yours does too. That might be kind right. of a Crime Stoppers nationwide thing, I think. Mm -hmm. So that would be fantastic because really and truly it's, it's, you just, I'm always so scared that in our case, and obviously in your case and any of these cases that there's going to be somebody that's got the answers, but they're just terrified to tell it. And that yes, really exactly. helps that takes care of it. Cause if you can, they can call it in. There's so many different ways, especially through the app that you can give a tip and never reveal who you are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's so important, I think. Oh yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll keep uh, brainstorming and coming up with things. But that was another thing, Renee, that Christine Menino told us about initially was that, you know, she said that's the first thing she does when she's working a crime scene is you go go to the jails, talk yep. to people, see what you can sure find thing. out. And then she mentioned the playing cards, and with yeah. him and with one of their suspects actually being in jail, like you said, Renee, that's huge. Yeah, that's really going to be helpful because I mean, like I said, I, for whatever reason, they do a lot of talking and then, you know, people are listening. These, these guys are in jail. They're like, heck yeah, I want that money. So they're going to be listening and they're going to, you know, cough up that information because they're going to be able to get that money. So that would be ideal. That would be truly ideal. And that would be something definitely, I can, I can definitely work on that and even just talking to our local DA and talking to someone at like the Georgia Department of Corrections to see if there's something that we can get done because I think that's a great idea because I mean they have playing cards why not right yeah <laughs> right, right yeah yeah. And, and, yeah and we'll send you pictures of that stuff and okay and we'll definitely and please stay in touch with us and if you have any questions or anything that we can help with we would love to any just brainstorming mm -hmm. or anything and also, we will, we will put um, anything you want to on our social media. If you have anything you want to send us, we're going to do a social media blast about this episode and about Casera. So if you have anything in particular you want us to post, please send it to us. We're happy to. And I will get you in touch with Cheryl McCollum, um, the cold case investigator. She's fantastic. And maybe she'll have some good ideas for us. Yeah, she's amazing. Case. You're going to love her yeah okay thank you all so much i really appreciate it well thank you hope you're welcome is there anything else that you'd like us to know about your sister or anything before we uh before we go um i think i just want people to know that Cassandra was a good person all she want all she wanted to do was raise her girls be able to provide for them and, and have a good life and 
unfortunately, she only made it to 24 years old when she had so much life to live. And if anyone who is listening knows anything or even the slightest thing could really break the case wide open. So please, um, the GBI has an anonymous line. You can go on their website. You can do um, an anonymous tip through their website. And it is all anonymous. We just want to know what happened to Cassara. And we just want to know why. And that's all. Right. Well, do you happen you to have the number? Sorry, Crystal. No, no, go ahead. Do you happen to have the number that people can call for um, any tips they want to turn in or any questions or anything, anything concerning about the case? I usually do have the number. Let Sorry, me... I didn't think to ask you beforehand. I just, it popped in my head, but I'm looking for it. I don't see it either. So I'm sure they the can GBI, get it off the website. What the GBI tip line is 800-597-8477. Perfect. And, um, Fantastic. That's good. It's just a GBI tip line. So if anybody knows anything, you can just call them and that also on their site, gbi.georgia.gov. You can submit online tips. And you know what? Even though it says name required, I just, you know, you can put John Doe for all I care. Right. I just want, exactly. you know, that you don't have to put your real name. They're not going to check it. You know, we just want the information. That's all we're concerned about. Right. right. Get this solved. Well, Hope, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. It was a pleasure getting to know you. And we just want to express our sincerest condolences to you and your family. And um, we will look forward to talking to you again soon. And we will follow up um, after this program and be in touch with you this week. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you all thank again. You, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
you shake a tab. I cut you fast. You at a gas. Skirt off the block. 12 on the clock. I pay in cash. You do the math. I bust the bag. You shake a tab. I cut you fast. You at a gas.